going live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with a thousand and thousands of other film podcasts. But we're not critics. We're not going to throw some numbers at you. We're just going to ask the question that everybody asks at the end of watching a movie. So did you like it? I am Sir Square, and I'm joined, as always, with my lovely co-host. I'm Kaz. Strange name for a Brit, I know. (laughs) I can't be a good person to say it. And that is right. We watch Snatch, (laughs) written and directed by Guy Ritchie, starring the likes of Jason Statham. Benicio Del Toro, Stephen Graham, Brad Pitt. Uh, who else do we have? Vinny Jones. There are a lot of people in this movie. Alan Ford. Damn. Okay. Uh, this is the story of a really tough week. A very stressful week. And that's about it. That's all that happens. We go through some losers week. That's it. That's all we're doing. Perf- perfect summary. We're done here. <laughs> much else needs to be said. It was a rather shallow what? but tough week. What? We've all been what? there, are you telling, especially in these trying times. Are you telling me like their week is going to be any more interesting than my week? Yes. Well, take me through it. Yeah, this is Jason Statham, like pre, like him becoming a fucking action hero. He does no action. No, no. He doesn't even fight anyone here. This is like pre-crank, right? Well, he does hit someone with a bat. I think. Yeah. This is before crank. This is before transporter. Man, uh, what? what we lost, you know? What we lost. <laughs> it could have been such a such an art house actor. I I I like uh, I like his uh, him as Turkish in this. He's great. He's a great like character that is kind of the narrator of the entire movie without being the full narrator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. Yeah, I guess you're right. He is the narrator because it always just come back to he's the only one that does a voiceover. Yeah. We start at the beginning and yeah, he talks about like what a fucking weird ass week he is. He's sitting there with his partner Tommy and uh they got a squeaky dog next to them. Or no, it's not squeaking, it's just kind of upset. Then I will um, edit my statement. He is a great narrator. And then yeah, uh every once in a while like we'll he'll give us a little bit of insight on the underworld and who we're talking about or who we're, who we're meeting. Tells us about Bricktop, why you don't want to be in his pocket. Uh, talks about um, Doug, who's not really Jewish. He just thinks it's good for business. Good for the health. Good for business. And then, yeah. Tells us about all the mm. characters. I mean, you're right. And he does it really well. This is one of... I, I gotta be honest. This is one of my... Even though I've only seen it twice. One of my favorite movies so far. Like it's not, I'm not gonna put it high on a list of like all-time favorite movies, but... There was something about going back to this movie that even after seeing it before, it still felt like watching it for the first time. It's just really well done. It's a great story told in the perfect type of style, you know? Like, every character got the right amount of screen time, it felt like. You're telling me you like this more than King Arthur? I'm crushed. Hey, man, I'm sorry, but, like, Eric Bana... The man who, Eric Bannock. Not Eric Bannock. Couldn't hold the whole thing on on his back, yeah. Yeah, Eric Ban. <laughs> well, you know what? Unfortunately, he broke his back carrying that mountain, that mountain of a movie on his back. He couldn't carry it alone. He couldn't. Unfortunate. Unfortunately, <laughs> even even in stone form, he wouldn't be able to lift that. But this movie 
On that note, this this movie does do like the Guy Ritchie thing that we've talked about before, or that we mentioned, where it's it's a bunch of blokes just talking, having conversations and planning shit, and everyone being a witty asshole. Guy Ritchie, yeah, you gotta ask, like, who does dialogue better, Guy Ritchie or Quentin Tarantino? Because both of their movies are usually just like talking to get to one point to the next conversation. You want to make it a trifecta, add in uh, Kevin Smith there, and we got a bunch of people just talking. <laughs> I'd watch that movie, okay? Um, You know, that would be an interesting question. I don't have the answer here. I don't have the notes to compare them. But yeah, it's everyone talking, everyone being witty. And they're constantly just like witty with each other, sarcastic with each other. Yeah. Like, we just got Tommy, who's just like, he's like, oh, look, he's got a gun in his trousers. What has he got a gun in your trousers for? He's like, oh, it's for protection. Protection for what? The Germans? The Germans. The Germans. The Germans comes in, <laughs> comes up like three times in this movie. Every every character kind of has like a little quirk that really helps them stand out in this ensemble film. That's really the best way to put it. It's an ensemble film. I love it. I'll be real. And I like uh, I like that Turkish is like an underground boxing promoter. I don't know what it is, but just like it felt good for it to just not be just like I'm a mobster. Just like all I do is just teach men how to fight. I just want to get that bare knuckle, that bare knuckle feeling going. You know, none of that like rules stuff above ground. But did we did we lose out in a great film about the career of Gorgeous George? Because with a name like Gorgeous George, you know he was going places. We were going to have something there. I guess. Isn't... When I think of the name Gorgeous George, I keep thinking, wasn't there like... Wasn't there like a Simpsons bit? They had like... They went on a yacht and there's like... They have a monkey knife fight because nothing's illegal on uh, international waters. And so... (laughs) They just arm these monkeys, and one of them has, like, a bandage over his face because I guess he got stabbed. And Mr. Burns is like, gorgeous George, what have they done to your beautiful face? <laughs> All right, scratch this movie. This is what I need now. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear gorgeous George, I just think about that monkey. Ooh, I got a good question. I I, I did want to ask you this, but I, and this is the first time when uh, during the day I did not ask this question early. What did you feel about the villain? How like how did you feel about Bricktop in this movie? Bricktop to me is a very interesting villain. You know, he's weird because he's like, he's just a dude. He's <laughs> just a dude that just kind of looks like the grandpa from Up. Um, but like sometimes yeah. he's fucking scary. That's that scene where <laughs> like, he's with uh, Vinny, Soul, and their uh, the other friend, not Tyrone, but the other friend. Who I didn't get, I didn't catch his name, and he's just there calmly uh, explain. Oh, Lincoln, calmly explaining how a pig or or like a group of pigs could easily dispose of a man for you, like yeah. no question. He's just like, hey, you're not even gonna move that body well. All right, you're gonna need to chop it into pieces and then pile it up. That'll make transportation easy. Now. Make sure you just take out all of the teeth, too. Good for the pig's digestion. Take out the hair as well. Usually, you can just burn that stuff. And they'll just crunch through that body like there's no tomorrow. Don't worry about it. You think pig farmers are normal people? You could clean it after, but you don't want to be sifting through pig shit now, do you? Um, 
He also, I mean, when they're also like, right, who the fuck are you aside from a fucking pig farmer? And then he delivers that fucking line on like, do you know what nemesis means? And they're like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> I can't, I, I, I was such an edgy fucking kid, like in like college or high school, whenever the fuck I saw this movie, uh, that I think for a while I had it committed to memory. I don't remember his definition anymore. It's something about a righteous infliction of retribution. Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an honorable cunt. Me. Me being an edgy bitch that I was, I was just like, absolutely, I'm going to memorize it. Never came up. Never had a reason to use it. I'm not a fighter. I'm not even an intimidating guy. When have you ever needed to use the word retribution? Um, do you know, surprisingly more than Nemesis. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I got my first anime rifle. That's neither here nor there. We got that. Then we have other like parts where he's like clearly... Uh, this is much later in the movie, but like you know, he's clearly intimidating uh, Jason Statham, uh, Turkish, who's like trying to get the fuck out of Dodge, um, but they ambush him there, and then yeah, like he's just like obviously like strong arming him and, and freaking him out, but then uh, yeah, he tells him to put the kettle on. He's like, "You take sugar?" He's like, "Nah, I'm sweet already." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "What a weird fucking man!" Or <laughs> the moment where like uh, after. Gorgeous George is taken down by Mickey when like Brad Pitt's character is introduced, and they have to go tell Bricktop that they're switching fighters. And they're he makes them meet him in a dog fighting ring. He's just like, "You like dog fights?" Mm-hmm. Starts like poking one of them with his walking stick. It's just like this guy is the most menacing normal guy you'd walk down the street next to you know mm-hmm. you would never assume this guy did that but he is the most ruthless motherfucker that i have dealt like we have like dealt with in the like series of episodes we've been through also if you want to see him not being like a hardcore he's got his shit together gangster um I think the only other movie I've seen him in was Cockneys versus Zombies, and he's just some old dude who guys like you know part of a bunch of old people that are in a in a like a old folks home, and they're just taking on zombies like a bunch of old weirdos. I want to watch that movie now. Put it on the put it on the calendar. Uh, we'll see. It's weird. Oh, here's a fun thing about Mickey. Actually, so Mickey is the character Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt character uh him and his uh family and group of boys they're introduced in a way that like Turkish is trying to get a caravan off of them and sends gorgeous George uh and Tommy to go buy some caravans off of them yeah um and it leads into a fight and Mickey just one shots this guy out an issue fun fact about mickey though originally uh so guy Ritchie did lock stock and two smoking barrels i believe before this and brad pitt wanted to be in the movie but there was no role for brad pitt so instead he rewrote the entire script to this film to introduce mickey's character and the reason he wrote mickey is because of all the backlash he got from people 
saying that lock, stock, and tube smoking barrels was hard to understand because of its thick Cockney accent. So he created a character that not only the people watching the film wouldn't be able to understand, but not even the characters in the film would fully understand. <laughs> Once again, it happens like way later on, but when he's trying to convince them to buy like the newest caravan, like for like I think the third time, uh, he's like explaining the whole thing to Turkish while he holds, uh, hands him like you know the brochure, and he's staring at it. He has this bewildered look on his face, and as Brad Pitt's talking the whole time. Even the subtitles gave out, like they're like your subtitles are telling you what he's saying. At a one point, it just goes blank, not saying anything. But he's still talking, uh, and then uh, and then he's like, "You get all that?" And then Turkish is like, "Yeah, yeah." He turns over around with Tommy. He's like, "Do you understand a single fucking thing he said?" I'm calling you Mama Ta. I just meant. I save your breath and cured your parts. Hey, look, so much heck of two roof lights. Uh, the sign house frame furniture. And uh, scarf cushions with uh, mats and sack by cover. Yeah. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the Paddywinkle Blue Bass. Have I made myself clear, Bass? Yeah, that's perfectly clear, Mickey, yeah. Just give me one minute to confer with my colleague. Did you understand a single word of what he just said? <laughs> hey, she's partial to the Paddywinkle Blue. That's just the truth. We all know that now. Sorry, ma. It's for me, ma. It's for his ma. And then they, even though they all say at the same time, they still have to hand him a picture of her. <laughs> I love how they had a picture of her just ready. Of course Mickey has a picture of his mother. He's a good boy. <laughs> he is a good boy. A good Christian boy. They train dogs really well. <laughs> they even so... They... Dags? Do you like dags? Yo, dogs. <laughs> yeah, I like dags. <laughs> The most patronizing <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then you cut to them inside the truck with the caravan like uh, hitched to it, and he's just got a dog next to him. Now it's just like, man, I really love this dog, and I'm really glad this dog came with this caravan. Every dog, every transaction that they do comes with a dog. <laughs> They showed that even Saul when he goes, where where did he get from? Is that where he got the? Yeah, he bought some jewelry from them, and they gave him a dog. And that dog they gave him was fucking trouble. <laughs> I wonder why he was trouble. Was there a reason for him being so troublesome? We're jumping all over the place. I don't think we're even adhering to plot right now. I think we're just talking. No, about we are not. We have given up. We haven't even talked about uh, Frankie Fourfingers, and That's he starts the movie. We're off. jumping everywhere, just like a Guy Ritchie film. Just like a guy rich. Oh, thank you, Nan. The music for this <laughs> movie's great, though. Every montage scene, Boris's theme. Sorry, what? Can we go to that? Can we actually go to the beginning of the movie and talk about the conversation Frankie Fourfingers is having while they're all just pretending to be like very devout Jewish men? Square and Bobby, I'd love it if we did. <laughs> <laughs> this was probably i totally forgot this even happened in the movie and like what are they even talking about like isn't it about like a relationship issue or something like that so they're all dressed up as orthodox jewish like rabbis or at least ortho orthodox jews because you know they got like you know the hat and then the little curly hair on the side whatever and wearing black uh i think the part of the that I remember was them talking about the Bible and how Catholicism's like taking the book too literally. 
and it just leads to misunderstandings. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I honestly love the fact that, <laughs> that it was just a group of like Jewish men that we are led to believe they're Jewish men. It's just like, you see, it's just because they don't understand. They never read it right. And this is why we are. This is why we're here. And every, yeah, and and the the whole bit, like everyone is like just singing. They're just unassuming, just dudes. They're just like this is like the most like unintimidating thing. So they're going around, even the metal detectors kind of picking something up on the belt. But he's like, "What you want? I should do? Drop my pants right here." So he's like, <laughs> "Just let, let them on in, whatever." <laughs> Probably has like a prosthetic ball or something. Who knows? And then yeah, they get to where the diamonds are, and they're fucking strapped. Belicio Del Toro's got a vest with like four guns in it. Everyone's, everyone's got a got a gun. Some people are dual wielding, and it's just like, give me, give me the diamond, and then finally we get, give me the stone. Oh, where is the stone? Where is the stone? Uh, the eighty-four. What is it? Eighty-four carat, eighty-seven carat diamond. Something like that. Some unknowable number. Some crazy unknowable thing. And that's when we finally get introduced to the real MVP of this movie because he has the best background music of this movie. Boris the Blade. <laughs> the sneaky Uzbekistanians. <laughs> Russians? Oh, he's actually Uzbekistanian. He's Uzbekistanian? He's I've been dealing with those sneaky fucking Russians. That American, the one American guy in this movie is amazing. I love him too. I don't know the name of the actor. When he's like goes home, it's like after, def- after being defeated and losing the diamond and Tony, uh, he just like flies back takes a shot on the plane and then like anything to declare yeah don't go to london (laughs) it's great i love him so boris the blade is your go-to weapons merchant you need something boris has got it he's also boris the bullet dodger boris (laughs) why is that kaz because he dodges bullets abby (laughs) (laughs) he gets frankie four fingers needs a gun as he is laying low with this incredibly expensive diamond (laughs) he is given a mission to take a bet to a bookie and that's all he's got to do now unbeknownst to or maybe beknownst to boris as well freddie fourfingers is a notorious gambler and that is when we get introduced to the greatest nay the most amazing intelligent robbers of their generation Vinny and soul Absolute dipshits. The what? What went wrong? Tell me. Tell me. How are they dipshits? Give it to me. Explain it to me. They, they kept pushing on a door that said pull or that was. Pull. What's wrong with that? <laughs> we all mess up sometimes. They get in real bad, and I think they're like the least. Uh, well, not really the least, but like they're just trying to do to do their own business, man. They're not trying to get it. They're not trying to be like that one gangster guy, man. They're just trying to own the shop. Maybe it's a little sketch, but, like, they're minding their own business, and then they get called to do a job for a Boris. Yeah, they just run a pawn shop. That's all they do. That's all they um, wanted to do. And they get Boris. 
They get Boris the case, and then they, they get to keep whatever they get out of the bookies. Out of the bookies. Now, what's really yeah. great... And $10,000. And $10,000. Well, they were only told what they were going to be able to keep, but Boris knew that there wasn't going to be any money at the bookies, so that's why he had $10,000 prepared to try to just play uh, No, I don't think... He didn't know. Because, uh, like, the only reason... That's why he said, yeah. like, there should be about $10,000 there. Here's $10,000. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think he knew that the bookies weren't going to have anything because that only happened because Gorgeous George got knocked the fuck out. Because they had to switch fighters. That wasn't the issue. The issue why there wasn't any money is because the books were closed. All the money was already gone. It had already been transported. All they had left were just tickets. Well, yeah, all, all bets were off because they had to switch fighters. Oh, all bets were off. That's what I didn't understand. See? See, this is why we do this, because I don't fully understand anything that's going on in my entire life. Thank you, Nan. Thank you. That was me. And, and, well, Nan was the first one to point it out, and then Kaz as well for also making sure that I understood. But I did actually learn something very interesting about this scene, Kaz. So you know the you know how like Vinny has the shotgun, like that big massive shotgun he gets from uh, Boris. It's anti-aircraft. Gun. The anti-aircraft gun. And he, like, shoots through the wall. Turns out the actor who played uh, Vinny uh, sustained two crotch injuries filming this movie. And that was one of them. While shooting through the wall, he slipped. It, like, slipped a little bit. And the knockback went straight into his crotch. And he played through the pain. And that's the scene that's in the movie. No wonder he looks so angry or, or frustrated with the situation. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that sucks. But he has, to sh- he has to shoot through the wall because fucking soul gets stuck in the in the shutters because like after they're trying to rob her. Yeah, this was like the greatest, like the grady, greatest bookie agent like desk woman I've ever seen. Just so calm, immediately slams the gate button. He gets slammed and is hanging from the wall, can't do anything. And then, yes, she gets threatened with the shotgun and she lowers it, then immediately disarms him well, of the shotgun. He, yeah, he puts the shotgun down while he complains about there only being coins. And then she grabs it, she fucking shoots at him and puts the shutters back up. Yeah. I hope she got to go home early yeah, that day. Yeah, she deserved it. It was already nighttime. You know what she needs? <laughs> a good dinner on Bricktop. I was totally expecting you to say, you know what she needs? Our d- today's sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to be hella shocked. That scene's also funny because they give up after inevitably failing. They can't. They did, couldn't figure out how to get out because they tried shooting the glass and it seemed to be bulletproof or something like that. Um, and Soul's just like, ah, ah, it's like, oh, my leg. And it's just like, you di- I didn't even touch you. <laughs> He's like, but, but it could have hurt. Yeah, because I think he shot the money bag, the coin bag. Yeah, just all the coins scattered everywhere. And as they're on the floor and they've given up, for some reason, they unmask themselves while being in front of a surveillance camera. Stare straight into it. Yeah. And then our getaway driver, I guess, getting annoyed of waiting, just pushes the door open. He's like, what are you guys doing on the floor? Come on. <laughs> guys, this and is the, they're, the... Kaz, you're just explaining to me how, again, they're just the greatest robbers ever. Well, 
if they're the greatest robbers ever, then as they're getting ready to get away, they're just like defeated. It's like, get, get us out of here, uh, Tyrone. And right as he's driving away, he spots something in his rearview mirror, gets out, knocks out this man from behind, and throws him in the car. And uh, Saul's just like, what the fuck is this, Tyrone? He's a man with a briefcase and four fingers. <laughs> we got him, folks. You see, Tyrone is uh, Tyrone is the mentor of these two great bandits. Tyrone is the greatest bandit of all, or the, the, the supreme bandit. But he's not the best teacher. He has his moments, but he really is just one of two balls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I, we have a great scene. We haven't really talked about Vinnie Jones, but his introduction is great. One, they give a backstory for him where they're playing like they're in like a strip club and like the fucking song Lucky Stars is like playing. And like this one, uh, I don't know, I guess another gangster is shooting the shit out of him, trying to kill him. And he just won't die. And they just keep shooting at him and shooting at him. And yeah, they, they call him um, Bullet Tooth Tony. Bullet Tooth Tony. Uh, and, <laughs> Bullet Tooth uh, as this guy's just shooting an empty clip at him, he's just walking up to him, blood dripping out of his mouth and shit, and he's got a fucking katana. <laughs> I'm like, that would be the scary... I would just save... That's like with the zombie apocalypse when you like shooting zombies, and you're like, you save the last bullet for yourself. Just, <laughs> I don't want to have shot a man with almost a full clip and then have him still approach me. It's over at that point. Vinny Jones just full-on exuding that classic... Uh, uh, Steven Seagal energy, I guess, with his katana. Oh, I was like, that's where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I also, I believe it or not, Squaren's got another fun fact right now. Oh boy! Uh, fun thing about Vinnie Jones for filming this movie. So, do you remember how after so? Bullet Tooth Tony is hired by the American to try to find this. Uh, gemstone and yeah. when they find the bandits uh they originally escape but then bullet tooth tony finds them again and we get the scene where they're sitting in the car Vinny and soul having this conversation and bullet tooth tony just walks up and like taps on the glass and says like a line he says before in the film but you never see him i was i was really curious like why they never cut to his face at all during that sequence even though it, it does kind of work it was just a little strange so it turns out vinnie jones wasn't there for that scene that's his stunt devil because vinnie jones got into a fight the night before and was arrested and just didn't show up on set i've heard he's actually like a fucking like tough dude like that actually gets into fights oh he he will not apparently back down do not piss off Vinny Jones. of course not he's the juggernaut bitch he's the oh my god he's the juggernaut <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> all right well, well since we're on the topic of fun facts and vinnie jones Please, uh, i have a really weird one i'd love it this movie came out the same year as gone in 60 seconds a movie that also has vinnie jones in it both movies he attempts to cut open a dog in the same year. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it was a bad year for dogs, I guess. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in Gone in wow. 60 Seconds, like the dog eats like the the extra car keys they need or the, 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 the oh, the car fobs that they need, the pirated car fobs or whatever. Um, and the dog eats them. 
And so they're just like, well, I guess we'll give it laxative if it was a naked shit. And he doesn't vo- he doesn't have a single line in that movie till the end. So yeah, he just like pulls out a big fucking knife and he's ready to go to town. Everyone's like, whoa, no, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll go the laxative way. <laughs> this one in Snatch, he seems like he needs a little bit of coaxing. He's like, what do you mean? Open the dog. Open it up. <laughs> just open up the dog. I just, it's a dog. I don't want to do it. It's a bit rough. But he gets down. He's ready to do it. Oh, my gosh. And then how um, How does our fearless villain, uh, I guess not villain, but I, oh, do we call him a mercenary in this one? Uh, Bullet Tooth Tony die. Who who takes him out in a battle to the death, this katana-wielding badass? <laughs> well, as uh, as he's about to open the dog, Sol gets feels bad. He doesn't want him to do the dog to die. So he reveals that he had the diamond stuffed in his pants the whole time. And as Avi's sitting down, uh, inspecting the diamond, the dog jumps up, eats it, takes it from his hand. It snatches it. Ah! Uh, and then it uh, starts running around like crazy as they're trying to grab the dog. Uh, and so Avi grabs the gun from Bullet Tooth, his Desert Eagle .50. Uh, from his holster, and he just starts shooting like mad, trying to shoot the dog before it runs out the window. And mm-hmm. after he just fully wastes this entire clip trying to take down the dog, he's just like, anyway, we, uh, the dog escapes. He's just like, Tony, let's go. Tony? Oh, no. It goes back to America. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, never go to London. <laughs> <laughs> So should we get back to like Irish? Should we get back to like Turkish and 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 Mickey and yeah, bricked up. We we skipped a couple of events, but due to Boris, they already had the the corpse of uh, Frankie Fourfingers in their pawn shop, and now we have Tony. So that's fun. That was a pretty great moment where it's just like Boris comes in after <laughs> the bungled fucking. Uh, robbing of a bookie that still worked in their favor because tyrone is mvp yeah uh and they opened the case so they know about the stone now they found it it's just like no we want half of this we don't want 10 grand like we don't want your makeup bullshit like give us half of this we're good to go and he tells them no now put and like puts a gun to them and it's like no put the stone back in uh give me the stone and we'll finish up they put the stone back in the case and call him by his name Thus letting Frankie Fourfingers know that Boris the Blade was behind it. So he shoots Frankie. Because he could not know that Russians were involved. No. You cannot know that Boris was involved. But our smart boys, Vinny and Sol, put the gem back in the case. And the only man who knew the combination to the case, Boris just shot. Which leads me to ask, did Frankie open the case for them? Or did they ask Frankie for the combination to open the case? I'm going to assume Frankie opened the case for them. I don't know. Either way, Boris really fucked up. Who would put the gem back in the case? I feel that comes back to our bungling idiots. <laughs> hey, man, he told them to put the stone away. They put it away back in the case it came from. They're just good boys <laughs> that, whose mama taught them right. Put things exactly. back where you got them. Exactly. Uh. Put it where you found it. What's wrong with that? Uh, so so he cuts off they cut off his hand they cut off frankie he cuts off frankie's hand uh from the corpse takes the case and he's just like you take care of this bye he leaves him the ten thousand though still even despite the fact that they were trying to blackmail him and for more so yeah that's nice 
He's a good guy. He's a fair businessman. Is he? Is he a good guy? He sells not like guns that don't even work. Yeah, but hey, man, he get he he gets put <laughs> through the ringer here. All right. He. I feel like he earns he earns his keep, right? Because what happens to him? Doesn't make him a good guy. <laughs> what doesn't That's happen to true. him? Because first off, they uh... do find him, and they kidnap him, or like. Bullet, Tooth, Tony, and Avi find him, right? Uh, yeah. They find him. Yeah, I think so. Kidnap him. Stuff him into the car. They end up... How did this scene even turn out? How did they end up even crashing? It's pretty weird. It's it's a, it's a lot happening at once. Um, Turkish? Because we have Turkish and Tommy in a car. We got uh, Avi, uh, some guy in the back seat, and Tony... I forgot his name. Um, they're all in one car. And then who do we got? We got Soul and Vinny. And uh and Vinny uh in one car. They're all it's all happening at the same time. I think it starts with Tommy throwing the milk out uh, out from Turkish's hand. He grabs the milk, says Cows, we've only been milking cows and drinking it for like the last eight thousand years and our bodies haven't had time to process it. I don't know why I bothered telling you all that. Uh, <laughs> throws it out the window, says he's doing a favor, which I think it hits the car that Bullet Tooth Tony's driving. They get milk on their car, so they can't see, so they swerve into a, a fire hydrant. While crashed, the sword, or the guy who is sitting in the back, stabs himself with the sword that he was looking at, so he's dead. Boris is able to get out of the trunk and as he makes his way with the with the tea cozy on his head and tied up he's sat in the middle of the streets at that time i think turkish and tommy vinnie no uh vinnie was oh, Vinny and testing the the replicas that they got because they were gonna go try to hold up bull tooth tony and then yeah as he shot the replica in the car it deafened them and freaked them the fuck out and broke the windows and then they hit boris I think I got that all right. <laughs> I'm exhausted now. <laughs> but even after that, he's not dead. Tommy and Turkish were going to go get the gun. They got there naturally before uh, Boris. But yet somehow he made it there like shortly after. And when Tommy tries to get um, a, like the refund for his like defective gun, Boris legit just grabs him by the balls and shoves him against the wall while walking into his house, muttering to himself. Then walks back out with a massive rifle. It looks like a rifle with like a grenade launcher attached to it. So yeah, like, yeah. It I will. I'm gonna get them. I guess they're gonna understand. Ah, Boris might be my favorite character. What was Tommy waiting for? The Germans. <laughs> you just had to get that in there. Huh? <laughs> Had to slip it in. <laughs> uh, it yeah. was sneaky. Then like the Germans. <laughs> I uh, then we uh, <laughs> we got the scene where they all kind of converge. Well, somewhat converge. They all um, I think Bulltooth, uh, Tony, and Avi are just kind of shaken while really kind of just like uh, messed up by that car crash. Avi goes to the restroom. I think uh, Bulltooth Tony's just there to just buy himself a pint. At the same time, we got our um, goobers. <laughs> 
are really bad criminals. Yeah, I mean, um, with their with their replicas. With their replica pistols, they got blanks. Really loud blanks. Well, I don't know why he shot it in the car. <laughs> Bullet Tooth Tony has one of the best scenes in this sequence. That little like monologue he gives to tell them like exactly why he is not afraid of them and that they have no power in this situation while also pointing out he does know they're using replica guns because it's printed on the side to say replicas it is i i i don't see enough vinnie jones i need to start looking up his filmography after this speech I'm like you know what maybe i do need to watch me some vinnie jones isn't he in like a horrible murder in like the midnight meat train oh yeah that is him and it has to do with lizard people. There you go. We're watching that. We're putting that on the <laughs> list now. On the calendar, Bradley Cooper, Vinny Jones, lizard people. Let's you, do it. There you go. We're going to have, like, our next march, we're going to do nothing but Vinny Jones. So they, they leave, tail tucked between their legs. They're about to leave out the back exit. And then they run into uh, Avi. And he's done. He's like, give me the case. He's done, man. He's tired of this shit. He's exhausted from that car crash. He's tired of all this running around. He's tired of being in merry old England. So he just says, fuck you. <laughs> Shoot me. I was wondering if you were going to say it. Because that was, oh, just the just the total fed up energy he exudes in that moment. I love it. Just holding that case for dear life. Like, you don't know what I've been through for just this briefcase. <laughs> At the same time, on the other side, coming in from the exit, is fucking Boris with his machine gun grenade launcher combo. And he's ready to tear up shit. And he looks at him and he's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, too. Just starts. But what what happens? How does Bullet Tooth Tony get the upper hand in this situation? Well, he kind of hears the commotion. And he knows that those guys went that way. So he knows at least that much. I don't know that he knows that Boris is there. But he just, he's got a, he's got a Desert Eagle .50. And he just tells Abby to pull his socks up. I love how you remember that. To which our other, our other, uh, our, our, um, pawn shop workers, uh, they get the hint. They know what that means. So they also hit the deck. I don't think Tyrone, and I think there might be a, understood it, and I don't, I think there might be a language barrier with, uh, Boris. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, so he just shoots the fucking wall in a line, just goes. And but let's, it's incredible that Boris just starts getting fired upon. Like, as he's, like, laying down after being shot and he's so wounded, you just hear him muttering. And Bullet Dude Tony just, like, shoots him, like, what, two more times? And he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> shoots him, like, three more times. Mm -hmm. Still says, like, a good old another round of uh, insults his way. Just empties the clip. I like the last one that he has. Is something I forgot what he says, but he says something about like sh should have shot better or something like that. That's when he's just like, "Don't take the piss, <laughs> Boris," and he just like aims, does one last shot, and then like finally <laughs> Boris is dead. Uh. But because he unloaded all the clip on Boris, Tyrone gets to live because he was only grazed. I think. Yeah, he points the gun and is just like, "Oh, you lucky motherfucker." You lucky bastard. It walks out and it's just like, yes, thank you. Tyrone did nothing wrong. He's the greatest part of this movie. I'm wondering, speaking of like actors not being there, they got the part where like Boris is like telling Abby, he's like, get up. 
because uh, the other guys wa- uh, ran out once uh, once the shooting happened. Um, so yeah, he tells Abby, he's like, "Get up!" And you just like you don't see him. You just see like a ground perspective looking up at Bull Tooth Tony. He's like, "Put the gun away." <laughs> like, was he not there on that day? Uh, no, he was not. I probably probably not. So now should we get back to Turkish and Mickey? Oh, we're gonna talk about some boxing. We got to talk about some boxing. Boxing and gambling. Look, it's the real gentleman's sport, all right? That's what we do here. Which one, boxing or gambling? Both. Oh, no. It's gambling, boxing. You play spets while punching each other in the face. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So Gorgeous George out. Mickey turns out to be the underground, like, bare-knuckle boxing champion. The greatest, like, title ever, calling him the one-punch machine gun. Just has the perfect counter. No matter what you do, he will one counter you. One shot counter you when he's serious. Oh my god, he's the original one punch man. He is. And from what it looks like, to be honest, I never slowed it down or anything, but it looks like he constantly just perfectly hits the chin. Just like, not an issue. Just like, sorry dude, like you're going down. There's no, there's no reason there's no rhyme or reason. You were never going to win. We broke Gorgeous George's face and almost killed him with a jaw Yeah, shot. and that that also gave it away because you see, like, he has to wear, like, that, like, kind of jaw brace yeah. around the head and everything. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because, like, that's, 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 that's the money shot right there. <laughs> Hit that perfectly, the brain will start to rattle inside of the skull, and you lose, like, the ability to move for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They make a really um dark joke that i really love when they're trying to like come up with an alternate fighter and tommy's just like what happened to mad face or uh, was a mad face and uh the gun oh yeah <laughs> and, like turk is just like mad face went mad and they show him in a loony bin kind of looking around like oh, everywhere all oh, over the walls oh. and the gun first he says but, you don't really keep up with current affairs now do you tommy oh yeah and so we have we had mad face who went mad and the gun shot himself and we get like this very just like this man looks like in utter distress. We get him like pointing gun to himself. We just look at the wall as blood splatters. It's like, yee, it was such a dark joke. Hey, it's a it's a way to start a movie. It's a way to get you into a movie, right? Uh, so then they decide they're going to use Mickey, but they need to convince Mickey. What else do they have? And what does Mickey want? Well, we already kind of alluded to it earlier when we're talking about like the accents and how you can understand him. But he wants a caravan for his mother. And Periwinkle Blue. For his ma. For his ma. For his ma. And what was really funny is just like as they're making the deal, his mom comes out. It's like, no, Mickey, you know what happens when you box. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, go inside, ma. <laughs> just like, yeah. what? What What happens, Mickey? Do you need to explain something real quick? Um, and then, yeah, we go to the first night. They were able to convince uh, Bricktop to uh, agree to it, though now they're in his pocket. Uh, we got the first fight. Mickey needs to go down in the fourth. Yep. Knocks him out in the first. Wait, and which was, this was a shocking sequence, because it alluded that boxing is rigged, and that there is no honor to the sport? What? Yes. Real quick, uh, no one takes a dive in Turkish's fights, so it was going to be a straight-up fight, but since he changed the fighter... Bricktop wanted to use that to his advantage, so he said, your guy goes down to the fourth. But it was supposed to be an actual 
contest. Well, I don't know. He has like a line. Are you telling me that Bricktop is not a man of honor? I thought he had a line where he said, uh, everyone knows nobody goes down to my fights. But when you're dealing with Bricktop, you know, he had kind of a line there that I thought implied that they were making this deal regardless. But I don't know. He might be right. Um, Either way, he's got to go down in the fourth. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. And this actually is a pretty bad situation for Bricktop because two of his main business partners lost 40000 in that because they took his yeah. advice. And so did another guy, but he didn't seem to matter because he threatened to cut his fucking Jacobs off. It's like, because you are not my friend. Don't you dare talk to him. And then he stabbed he stabbed him in the balls. Like, ah. He did. Oh, I blocked that out. Well, yeah, because like he makes like this weird like ah, kind of sound, and then like he looks at his hand, and he's got like got blood on it. And I'm like, ah. That scene made me wince, even it, as a kid. It looks bad for Turkish and Mickey and Tommy in this situation, and they're looking to run. Uh, but it turns out Bricktop will give him another chance. One more fight. This time you have to go down in the fourth. Yeah, and that's where he sees him like trying to escape and he uh threatens him and takes uh or stops him from getting money out of the safe oh wait is that that time yeah mm -hmm. um and so they need to convince uh since he takes his money he can't leave uh so he's got to go convince mickey yeah and what does mickey want he wants an even bigger caravan for his mother for his ma you have to take care you gotta of take your care ma. of your ma they also want his his stylish shoes just bags over his feet uh and i think because they can't afford it they really can't. They decide to bet on it, whether or not they'll go with the deal, or he'll fight for free if he loses. Yeah, two dogs and a rabbit. Some weird furry shit, man. Um, well, is the rabbit gonna get right fucked? Uh, yeah, we gotta find out if the if the rabbit's gonna get fucked. I think Turkish bets on the rabbit getting fucked. Proper, proper fucked. <laughs> We're so dumb. <laughs> But naturally, Turkish is a terrible bet. Uh, terrible at betting. They trained these dogs. They they knew, they knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they left it up to him, and they were going out to go do it anyways before they even knew he was coming. Unless they did know he was coming. Oh my! I don't have time for conspiracies, man. This <laughs> this movie's too dense as it is. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, so, in a bind. He calls Bricktop to let Bricktop know he will only do the fight if we buy if they buy him this caravan. That's what they need to do. And Bricktop's like, "Am I hearing you right?" And he's just like, "Yeah." It's just like, "Well, he's gonna fight." So to make sure the point gets across that Mickey needs to fight, he goes and smashes up Turkish's uh, game parlor, mm. like slot machine parlor. Yeah, it's a front. Like, it's a front. Obviously. Uh, Turkish looks like he's gonna hold his own, but he's outnumbered. That's when our boy Tommy shows up with a defective gun, but no one else knows it's defective, so they're able to get Turkish out of it, which isn't too bad. What happens to Mickey, though? Well, I just want to say, like, Tommy shows, like, the most balls, like, finally, just, like, actually, like, coming through when he really needed him with that uh, threat with the gun. Because, yeah, that gun did not work, and that was not going to end well for them. And well for who? The Germans? No, the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Mickey Cat? Uh, they decided to light his mom's caravan on fire. That's the caravan? 
I mean, everything inside of it's going to burn, too. Oh, okay. But every, that means everyone's fine. That's unfortunate. Everyone's fine, then. Mickey, do, Mickey doesn't seem fine. He's out in his undies trying to break into that caravan. Wait, was the mom in the caravan? That might be why. Ooh, that is right. Bricktop <laughs> decides to get Mickey to fight. Burn down the caravan with the mom inside. That's how you get someone to fight. That's that's bare knuckle boxing two point or that is rule number two in bare knuckle boxing. He failed to take care of his ma. Ooh, that hurts more than anything else we've said <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> anyway, so they got a they got a traditional funeral for uh, for for them, which is getting absolute sloppy piss drunk. Um, to the point that I think he's like vomiting by the end of it. Uh, and then he's the day of the fight. He's sitting on the. Sitting on the couch before the fight, and he is just passed the fuck out. And they're they're real worried he is not gonna make it in the fight. Like he's not even gonna make it to the fourth because he has to fall in the fourth. Now this is really interesting though, Kaz. Um, you know the boxing sequences in this movie, and even in this last sequence, there's a lot of people in the in the crowd. They actually couldn't mm-hmm. afford all the extras they needed for it. So that's all the same people. Whenever they'd stop and change angle, they would just have everybody shift to the next angle to match it and then continue cheering for the boxing match. I'm too lo- busy looking at like a hot Brad Pitt at the time that so I'm just, I'm not, I didn't notice. <laughs> I don't blame you. I just thought it was funny because just imagine it's just like, all right, cut, everybody move. All right, go. It's like the Matrix, how they have that scene where everyone like that Neo passes is like a twin, but you don't really notice it. What? The scene where Morpheus talking about the Matrix with the where, part with the red lady with the red dress. Everyone who walks by in that scene is a twin, like they have actual like sibling twins, and they would have the same person walk by in a couple different shots. Well, they're twin. So the boxing match starts. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And okay. uh, it's not looking too great. First off, he does get the, the counter punch off, but the fighter is able to get back up. Not an issue. It's fine. But Turkish yeah. does not even know if uh, Mickey's going to make it to the fourth round. Hmm. Either by not getting knocked out because he's still hung over or knocking the other guy out. And he he's telling him, too, it's just like, you have to go down, but you still got to make this look like a fight. So you see Mickey's like in the ring trying to throw some punches, getting forced against the ropes, knocked down a few times. He is, there is blood, there's like a cut over his eye. Uh, He's not looking good. The fourth round begins and he immediately one shots the opponent and dips. Yeah. We got that cool scene though um, while he's getting his ass kicked where he almost gets knocked out. And they like fucking uppercuts him, and he falls into the mat. That transitions into like water. He's just stuck, like you know, under the water, basically. Oh, yeah, that was a really cool good, illusion. Good, yeah, good old scene. He sees himself like up there fighting above him, and then as soon as he's able to breach back from underneath the water, that's when he comes, turns around, and does the fucking swing, and knocks him the fuck out. It's great. Also, the entire time I think this fight's going on, they're playing, like, uh, Fucking in the Bushes from Oasis, which is a damn good use of that song. Which, I really like how uh, this is right after Fight Club. Like, Brad Pitt was still coming off that Fight Club success. He was afraid about taking this role because he felt like that, that's, that was what he was just doing again. And it was just Fight Club all over again. 
but he really liked the fact that he was just going to be playing like a one-punch man machine. Uh, I like Brad Pitt in this role more than I like him for Fight Club. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I don't know. I don't know if that's a hot take. It's, Fight Club is a... Maybe we'll get to it. Anyway, so Turkish is trying to get Mickey out now. They're trying to all get out. He thinks they're all going to die. It's yeah. bad. Uh, turns out Bricktop had men outside of uh, Mickey's like family's home and is ready to like shoot up all the friends and family. Yeah. Except you you can't just kill Mickey's mom like that and expect no retribution. What's the word? Nemesis? He made a nemesis out of him. And next thing you know, we have 12 men taken out easily. Uh, Bricktop's driver taken out. Bricktop's bodyguard taken out. And then as Bricktop is like trying to get to the car, they've rolled down the window. It's just like, this is what you get, man. And double barrel shotgun, just like yeah. point. Yeah, you gotta wonder just how point oh, how, how gross did that have to look? It's just jelly at that point. They do have the great line too when they're uh, the the caravanners are basically a hunt down like the people that Bricktop had, uh, and one guy's left alive at the time, and he's like just on the floor like heaving and shit while he's got the gun pointed at him, and uh, Bricktop's trying to like call him and being like trying to get him to talk again, you know, see what's up, like what's happening, because he just hears gunfire. He doesn't know how well it's going. So he's like, talk to me. And the guy holding the gun in his face, he's like, you're going to have to talk a lot louder than that if you want him to hear you. And then he fucking shoots him. <laughs> Point blank, right under the chin. Shotgun. Yeah. Fucking brutal, man. Oh, and you know they buried those bodies right at their campsite before just dipping. Mm-hmm. That's how they do it. Yep, they mentioned that before. And after that, only then does Scotland Yard show up. Yeah, first time we see cops, right? It's just like, hey, because... Turkish, after all this happens, and they escape, tries to go and find Mickey again. They're gone. No one knows where they went. He bet on himself, of course, because that's what you do in that situation, and entirely vanished. Yep. And while they're there, the cops want to question them, want to see what's up. Why are they even here if they don't have a caravan? Um, He's not one of Mickey's people. So it's like, why are you here? And just at the right time, the dog who ate the diamond and ran away from Avi appears at the park because he always goes back, or he or she, he always goes back to the park. Yes. Turkish and Tommy's good old dog, Delilah, returns. Daisy. Daisy, Delilah. It's for my anyway. And so, yeah, they get the dog. It's squeaky. It's weird. And it pisses Turkish off, so they take it to a vet. And find half a digested chew with a diamond the size of your fist. And they take it to Avi's cousin? Yeah, take it to Doug. Doug. They take it to Doug. And who does Doug call but Avi? And the movie ends with Avi taking his stress pill, getting some water, back on the plane, back to London. Uh, uh. Uh, ayo, ayo, no, okay. <laughs> it is hard to explain a Guy Ritchie movie when it is a real Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, I feel like I had a fucking fever dream again. I feel the same way after we finished uh, uh, King Arthur. I'm like, I don't know what I just said, but I feel like this has been, <laughs> this was a fever dream, and I don't know if any of this is real, and you're not real, man. <laughs> hey, man, you're not real, man. No, fuck, am I not real? Oh. Anyway, so... Unlike King Arthur. <laughs> unlike King Arthur. This was an enjoyable time. Did you like it? What are you asking me? Are you asking I'm me, asking do I like you? Snatch? 
I'm asking you, Kath. So did you like it? I like I like Snatch a lot. I love Snatch. I'll I'll have Snatch day, morning, and night. It's great. I'll watch, I'll have Snatch for breakfast. It's great. Love Snatch. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Squaring? Did you like it? Yes, yes, I did like it. It it was okay. a fun time. <laughs> it was great, great. Great. Good it was great. It's fucking that, great. That's a it's little great, joke. Kaz. It's amazing, Kaz. Thanks, Kaz. That was All awesome, right. Kaz. All right. I'm beginning to suspect it was not great. Jeez. <laughs> no, that was actually really good. It took me a while to realize what you were doing, and then I just kind of broke a little bit as I just stared I at the to, monitor. I need to throw that in, because before watching the movie, you asked me, like, oh, so you excited for Snatch? I was like, you can't just ask people that in public. <laughs> what are they going to think? <laughs> Uh, blame Guy Ritchie. So dirty. <laughs> All right, guys, you got anything to plug? Uh, as always, we're hosting this on our stream, on our streaming channel, live, uh, twitch.tv forward slash second respawn, uh, where we, rec- we record these. We stream these conversations every Friday around like nine, what is it, 930 or so? No, is it 10? 10, that's the one! I'll never get anything right. Uh, but other than that, we do like variety streams, stuff like that. We're going to finish up Spider-Mans. Uh, we do uh, stupid challenges for ourselves, like uh, play play Mario Sunshine, where each of us has half the Wii controller. Stuff like that. We're real stupid. Nan's also doing Elden Ring, so that's fun. Uh, it's joined here. By Sir Squarin, also a variety streamer at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. It's Sir S Q U A R I N. Where he also plays variety stuff. I think he's working on Kingdom Hearts. I will beat this game. I will beat it. It's happening. Uh, and occasionally does some cool uh, collab stuff. Uh, we are at the end of April, so to announce the lineup for next uh, for the month of May. Uh, the movies we are going to be watching are going to be... We're going to start off with A Knight's Tale. Very exciting. Yes! Uh, Hook, which is one of my all-time favorite childhood movies. Uh, and then we're doing a special two-week series where we're going to be comparing two movies that are have an interesting correlation that we won't get into just yet. And those movies are going to be Overboard and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I think that's about it. Are they both musicals? God, I hope not. I can only deal with the one. <laughs> Till then, we're going to watch Knight's Tale, though. Paul, young, hot Paul Bettany. Why do we keep getting like actors who are famous now, but we're just watching the movies where they were hot <laughs> and scrawny? Because God has cursed us for our hubris, and our work is never done.